0: Okay. Hi, everyone. So, with the coronavirus and all, it got me thinking a bit about, well, masks. It occurred to me that there's some pretty interesting and varied history there, and that actually some reflection on them might prove to be insightful, maybe. So, here I go again. Here's some thoughts about the wisdom of masks. (laughs) Okay, so of course masks have been used in rituals and dances and such all over the world. But actually they had a really interesting genesis and role in ancient Greek theatre. So one thing about Greek theatre is that, well, it was limited to very few actors, often no more than three actually. But this of course limited the amount of roles or characters in a performance, right? So this is one reason why masks began to be used. What masks did for the actors is to help them play many parts. And these were quite generic masks, distinguishing um, sort of stock universal characters, like a a young or an old person, or a man or a woman. And aside from a, a stock list of characters, the masks also distinguished um, universal feelings. Like there were masks with a a calm expression on the one side and an angry one on the other, allowing the actor to change moods simply by turning his head. Now, another reason these actors used masks is because Greek outdoor theatres were so big that it was hard to communicate character and feelings to the upwards of 15,000 spectators sitting far away on the hillside. So, big masks with a a larger-than-life appearance help the audience to instantly identify the character and their emotions, even from very far away. Now, it's interesting. The Greek word used to name the stage actor was Hippocritus. And at this time, from around 500 BC to the end of the 4th century, it meant, well, literally, an interpreter from underneath. That is, the actor was interpreting the story from under his mask. So adopting masks, or more to the point, figurative masks or personas, can be beneficial then in the sense that they allow us to explore ourselves. They allow us to try on different roles, to transform into different identities, and to express different attitudes and feelings. And they give us the space, like the Hippocrates, to interpret life's stories for ourselves, in our own way. Actually, for some reason, this reminds me a bit of what... um. John Stuart Mill called experiments in living. You see, Mill believed that there's no exact blueprint, no one universal way of leading a good and meaningful life. We have to try different things out for ourselves and see what fits, what works. Actually, the one thing that he really feared was a world where people live their lives based upon nothing but custom and habit. So he was all for spontaneous, creative, unconventional, and even offensive forms of expression and ways of being in the world. Only when we're permitted to experiment around like this, Mill thought, will we eventually find our own path to self-fulfillment. And actually, he believed it was ultimately better for society as a whole that the cultivation of individuality would lead to a healthier, um, more progressive world. But anyway, so back to masks and personas. So there is a kind of freedom in them, right? Um, A temporary liberation from conformity. But I think there's also a possible negative aspect to them. And now that I think about it, Plato might be helpful here. You see, Plato was notoriously hard on actors. First of all, he thought that they were duplicitous because they dissemble and pretend. And actually, it's around Plato's time that the word Hippocritus took on more of the extended and, and negative meaning we give it today, namely someone who's pretending to be someone they're not, or acting in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs. Actually, three, four hundred years later, when Jesus is describing the Pharisees as hypocrites, as two-faced, is a good example of this negative sense of the word that had by this time fully crystallized. Anyway, so the other reason Plato hated actors is because, well, psychically speaking, they're a mere jumble of voices, a a confusion of personalities. In other words, they lack a core, a steady moral center. And you know what? I think this was something like Carl Jung's concern as well. He thought that when you begin to identify yourself with your various roles, then you become more and more alienated from your true nature. What happens with people who identified themselves with their personas, he noticed, was that they eventually suffered from a sense of emptiness. And that's because they eventually came to see that they had been deceiving themselves and had been hypocritical about their feelings and their interests. They had pretended to be interested in things which, well, really didn't interest them at all. And all to play a role. Anyway, what I wonder about sometimes is the role of masks or persona in the social media world, which is increasingly becoming the world. I mean, what's the future going to look like? Are we all going to be hidden behind and identifying with our hashtags, profiles, avatars, and Instagram accounts? Will the emoticon do the communicating for us? Actually, that sounds about as nuanced as those enormous Greek masks with those facile expressions, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe at the end of the day, no one shows themselves as they really are. Maybe, as that great pessimist Schopenhauer said, maybe the whole of our social arrangements may be likened to a perpetual comedy.